everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Wagging Woofy's podcast. Uh, this is part two of training. So the first part, I uh, talked about methods, uh, positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement, as well as uh, positive and negative punishment. Um, so this one, we're just going to talk about uh, where, how you get training, where you get training. Um, I left that out a little bit out of the last one, where I just mainly spoke about the science behind uh, positive reinforcement. Uh, yes, this is very biased but toward, towards positive reinforcement, so if you have a problem with that, not my problem. Um, there's other resources you can look at. You don't have to listen to me for that. Um, so, to begin with, how to find trainers. Well, trainers, uh, we're all over the place. You just got to know how to look and who to look for. Uh, your vet would actually be a great resource for that. A lot of vets are connected to the trainers. Trainers talk to them, um, even groomers. If you guys have a good groomer, they should know some trainers as well. Even just a quick Google search, uh, positive reinforcement dog training Google search uh, will come up with a whole load of positive reinforcement trainers. Um, you'll also find us in facilities. So if there's a dog daycare facility around you, uh, you will most likely find one in there. If not, you can ask them for one. They may know. Um, they may try to talk you out of positive reinforcement and gear you more towards balance or towards negative reinforcement. Um, either way, you will be able to find a positive reinforcement trainer. Um, so ways to qualify a trainer... Um, because this is important. When you are looking for a trainer, you want to make sure that you're getting somebody who knows what they're doing and is confident in themselves. For instance, you come to me with behavioral issue. Depending on the issue, I may tell you to look elsewhere or I may f help find somebody else for you. Um, I don't do aggression. Uh, I know the theory behind it. I don't have the practice behind it, though. So I won't put myself in danger, and I also won't do anything that could potentially cause more damage to the dog or to you. Um, if the trainer is honest and knows that they can't handle it, then they shouldn't handle it. And they'll tell you straight up. Um, also, you can ask them if they are certified, what courses they went through, if they have proof of it. Um, you can ask for referrals from people. I get a lot of clients through Facebook and uh, a lot of my clients will post on other comments and groups. Um, when people are looking for puppy trainers or other kind of training, uh, my name will get thrown up in the mix and I'll contact them. Um, you know, so just make sure that when you are looking for a trainer and you do come across one that you think is a good one, that you do your due diligence on them because they can cause more problems than fix them. Um, so do your homework. Self-training. Self-training is an interesting one. Uh, so when I worked at dog daycare facility and I was training there, we'd get a lot of people coming in who self-taught their dogs. Um, it'd be a puppy and they'd be like, oh yeah, the dog's fine. I self-trained it myself. I just watched a bunch of YouTube videos. That's fantastic and all, but there's an issue with that. And the issue is that you don't know if you're actually doing what you're supposed to be doing correctly. Um, so a lot of the dogs that come off of uh, YouTube training will end up with behavioral problems because they weren't necessarily socialized properly or at all, or the owner didn't know what they were doing, so now the dog is nervous and skittish. Um, this is just from experience. I'm not going to say this is for everybody. This is everybody, but it's my experience with the dogs that I've dealt with. Um, so 
the benefit of actually going to a class or having personal private and home training is that you actually get to deal with a person and that person is going to show you how to do what you need to know how to do is going to tell you, show you how to maneuver uh, the dog with and place the lure and it's going to talk the person will be able to talk to you about body language so if you're working with a dog and it's just not happening um, they're going to tell you to step back take a breath calm down a little bit and then get back to it because when you are training a dog the minute you start getting frustrated because the dog isn't doing what you want it to do the dog is going to be frustrated too and it's going to be stressed out and it will shut down um I've had that happen to me in the middle of sessions where I was asking too much of a dog and the dog actually did shut down after a while and I had to stop. Uh, so, you know, you, you learn by doing, but you have to make sure you know what you are doing. And like I said, it's going back to finding a qualified trainer. Uh, like, and again, there is nothing wrong with training your dog. If you have experience doing it and you've trained a whole bunch of dogs already, just make sure that what you are doing is correct. You're doing correct form and you're not doing anything to hurt the dog or cause problems down the line. Um, so another thing you can do if you are looking that route where you want to train yourself, there's a bazillion and a half books out there that you can find. Um, I've got a small pile on my desk right now. A couple of names you can look for are Nicole Wilde. Um, she has a whole, whole load of books on different things. So one of them I'm looking at is called It's Not the Dogs, It's the People, A, dog's tra a dog Trainer's Guide to Training Humans. Because essentially at the end of the day, you are actually training the owners. You're not training the dog. You're training the owners on how to manage the dog and how to train the dog to get the dog to listen to them. So this is really, at the end of the day, a communication thing. Uh, you have to know how to communicate communicate to the owners and help them understand what we are trying to accomplish and why it's important what we are trying to accomplish as well. Um, another one by Nicole Wild I'm looking at here. So you want to be a, a dog trainer, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, a dog trainer's guide to private classes. Um, there's another one here for puppy tricks, 51 puppy tricks by Kira Sundance and JD. Uh, there's another one, Gene Donaldson. Gene Donaldson is also a very big name in the industry. Uh, this book comes with two and a half hours of training DVDs. So, you know, it's, it's there's another one here by Patricia B. McConnell, a PhD, Amy M. Moore, Family Friendly Dog Training, six-week program for you and your dog. Um, and then I have another last one I have is Puppy Start Right, Foundation Training for the Companion Dog by Kenneth M. Martin and Debbie Martin. Um, so these are different books. I was given these books actually by a local trainer who retired. Um, so there are a whole load of books out there. There's a ton of information out there. Uh, you just have to know what's good, what's not. Ask questions, talk to people. If you know people who have dogs, talk to them. Ask them where they got their dog trained. A lot of people go to PetSmart because it's uh, that's what they know. But there are a ton of fantastic facilities out there. Just do your homework on them. Um, again, my issue with PetSmart is you're doing your classes in a giant facility surrounded by treats and food and a lot of distractions. So it may not be the best, uh, facility to facilitate what you need to get done. Granted, when you are in classes anyways, you don't get a whole lot done anyways. You get most of it done at home. The class is mainly for you to get the understanding of what to do and how to do it. Um, 
you have to have a lot of patience as well when doing training. Um, so as I said before, if you do too much or if you stress out, the dog is going to stress out. So again, when I was doing the classes, um, I had a lady who was trying to get their dog into the down position. And she was sitting there just slamming her hand down on the ground. Down, 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 down. One of the first things we tell people is when you're doing these things is say the command or the cue once and that's it. And the reason for that is because A, when you ask your dog to do something, you should have to ask them once and that's it. But also because the minute you start doing that over and over and over again, you're not getting, giving the dog a chance to actually think. And you're just yelling at the dog and barking orders at it. And eventually the dog's just going to say, I don't know what you want from me. Leave me alone. I'm done. And the dog will, in fact, shut down. So we do want to avoid that at all costs. And what I did was I literally just grabbed the lure from the lady. And I said, you just got to step back, take a breath. And she did. And I said, now just watch what I do. I put the dog back into the sit, lured, and lured the dog down into the down position and I said just give it a few seconds even a minute if you have to and I left my hand between the dog's paws and it was probably about 30 seconds or so maybe a little more and eventually after the dog tried to kept getting the treat tried to get the treat from my hand eventually laid down and it's just those little things that you have to keep in mind the dog doesn't know what you're asking of it and we're training it so we don't want to punish the dog. We don't want to get frustrated. You know, so like I said, if you're frustrated, the dog is frustrated. So just keep that in mind um, with training. Um, so YouTube videos, good. There are some great ones out there. Books, there's fantastic books out there. Uh, Norma Jean Lorette and Greg CC, her partner, actually wrote a book recently called Blueprints to Perfect Puppy. Um... Definitely going to be a top read. I haven't read it yet. I do need to read that book, but it is definitely going to be a very good read. Um, knowing her material and her course it's and her experience in the industry, it's definitely going to be a, a must read. Um, so training classes. Training classes are fantastic. And the reason they're fantastic is if you take a puppy to a training class, they're going to be able to socialize. So when I worked at the pub classes, I don't know if all of them do this, but we did this where you we would spend the first 10 minutes of our puppy class socializing the dogs, which would mean we'd take them off leash and we'd shut the door, make sure nobody came in or out. At least one handler of the dog was standing up and following their puppy around or at least in the area or vicinity of their puppy and able in order to get to the dog if need be. And we would let one dog off one at a time, and we'd see how they started playing. And if the play was okay, we'd let off another one, then another one, and another one. Eventually, all the dogs were off leash, and you'd see how they'd interact. And this is fantastic for the people, and I believe I mentioned this in a podcast before, um, but it's fantastic for the dogs because they get to socialize, run around, get some of that energy off. Um, also, it's fantastic for the handlers because they get to see what it the proper dog interaction is like. We sit there and we stand there and we talk to them and we show them when things are proper, when things aren't. We stop rude behavior. We stop uh, aggressive behavior. Uh, we allow dogs that are hiding to hide. We don't force them out. When they're ready to come out, they will come out. And it happens a lot of the time with the smaller dogs especially. 
Um, they will hide under chairs or the tables or whatever it might be in the room. And it will usually take about four or five classes, even like sometimes even the last class before they actually attempt to come out. Um, so every dog has to go on their own pace. We don't force them uh, into the situation where they're not comfortable. So that is definitely one of the pluses of private or of uh, classes. Another thing with the classes is, yeah, it's a lot more people there. So you can talk to everybody. You can see how everybody is progressing. You can see where the struggles are uh, with everybody. You can see if people are understanding what's going on. If they aren't, then you can bring them all back into the room. Or if they're already in the room, then you can just have them sit down and explain to them again what's going on and how to do the cue again if need be or why you're doing what you're doing. Um, one thing we did with our puppy class was uh, confidence building, and uh, I believe some of, some other classes do this as well, where we would uh, have the dogs go down the slides in the playground or in the backyard, in the playground. It's the, it's the dog playground. Um, in the backyard, they'd walk on sled, they'd step on sleds, they'd go in and out of tents, they'd step on a baby gate. You know, everything is kind of to simulate something in the real world, and help them build confidence not to be scared of random objects. We'd open up umbrellas over their head. We'd put on big hats. We'd put on big glasses. We'd put on wigs. We'd put on masks. And all this is to help the dog get comfortable with these things when it does face it in the real world. Uh, it's not going to cure the dog right there and then, but it's a start, and it's a place for you guys to start from and continue with. Um, private in-home training is what I do. Um, now I do. Private in-home is fantastic for the reasons that you get one-on-one -on -one attention. Uh, I will sit down with clients and 90% of the sessions will just be them questioning me, just asking me questions of what do I do with this? What do I do when this happens? What do I do when this happens? Not a lot of it is training. Um, there's that small 10% that is training and me getting through material stuff they have to learn. And by doing this, by doing the training stuff, questions start arising because I'll tell them, okay, when you're doing this, you can use it for X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, so for instance, when training the weight command, like, yeah, you can use this uh, going up and down stairs. You can use this uh, going out the door. Put your dog into a sit weight, you know, so they'll start coming up questions that lead to other questions. And it's one of the best ways of learning is just by asking questions, because if you don't ask, you don't learn. There's no dumb question. Uh, you know, so you don't really get that attention when you are in classes because the instructor is busy with the other people in there. And at the end of the class, they're either trying to shuffle you guys out to bring in another class or they just want to go home and shut down for the day. So it's not very conducive for asking a lot of questions, whereas one-on-one -on -one is very conducive for it. I also do a puppy consult, which a lot of uh, private in-home trainers will do as well. They'll go in there, they'll help you set up your puppyhood area, they'll help they'll answer all your questions for you, and they'll get you going. Uh, so those are some of the benefits of classes and private in-home. You can't really go wrong with either one. If you do choose to go private in-home for the socialization aspect of it, you can always sign up for a socialization class that is in your area. I know PetSmart does offer them uh, in the Toronto area and the surrounding area. I'm not too sure about other areas. Uh, there are some smaller independent places that will offer them as well. Um, if you have a great instructor doing it. They'll do some training with you as well. They'll teach you some things on, uh, during the play session. Um, so 
for trainers that you can look at and if you're interested to get more information from Ian Dunbar 100% you could google him till uh, you're blue in the face and he'll have so much stuff online uh, Nicole Wilde again she has tons of stuff out there and Karen Pryor if uh, you're into clicker training was the one who pretty much got clicker training on the map um, Again, clicker training, it's a great tool. Instead of using the word yes or any kind of uh, marker, vocal marker, use a clicker, which is just like a little plastic thing with a button in the middle of it that clicks. Um, some people love it. Some people don't. Some people could go either way. Um, but it is a, it's another training tool to use, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Also, you can check out Norma Jean Lorette. She trained me. Um you know, so there's just tons of resources out there. And at the end of the day, just know what you're getting yourself into. Do your research. Do your homework on it. Know how to find a trainer. If you do have questions, ask somebody. Ask somebody who used a trainer before. Uh, make sure there's positive reinforcement. I've heard a story of a trainer out there who told their clients to punch their puppy in the face um, when it bit them, which was just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Um, and I know it's like more of a balance trainer thing or a negative reinforcement thing. I'm not really sure. Uh, so yeah, just know who you're using, do your homework on them, Google them, look them up, try to find people that have used them before and ask them questions about it. And hopefully you'll find a good one and you'll have great success with them and with your puppy and with learning and you guys will be on the right paw to a happy, happy life with them. And so it's very important. Um, Another thing, don't delay training your dog. You can never start too early. I mean, you can start too early, but you can't. The minute your dog is vaccinated with the second set of shots at 11 weeks, start socializing it. Start working with it. Get a trainer in there. Go to the classes. Go to the socialization classes. Because I've had people come up to me or clients come to me and say, my dog's two years old or one and a half and doesn't listen to me. And I ask them, okay, so what kind of training have you done with it? Uh... Well, you know, I haven't really done much. It knows how to sit and lay down. I'm like, okay, so you haven't done any training with it. Um, the dog runs the house. Uh, the dog doesn't listen to me. The dog runs away. The dog doesn't come when it's called. You know, so these are all things that are avoided and can be avoided by training your dog. And this is why it's very important. By training your dog, you create the bond. You also show the dog who's in charge of resources. You know, so resource guarding is a big issue where it will start by pulling things out of the dog's mouth. We don't want to do that. We want to keep things um, happy for the dog. So instead of pulling things out, we want to trade with the dog. If you trade with the dog, at least what's in its mouth and it shouldn't be in its mouth, he will drop it or she will drop it out. She'll go for the treat or whatever it is you're trading with her or him, and you can grab the other object out. And if you start pulling things out of the mouth of the dog, next time we'll just swallow it. You know, and it could be something that could be very dangerous and kill the dog. Um, so yeah, don't wait too long. 11 weeks, you can start socializing after that second set of shots. You can get a trainer in there, start working with your dog. A lot of people start around the 13-week mark to start training uh, for puppy training. Just get it done. Do it. You're not. You're gonna be much better off for it. And just do your very best. I know it's very hard. A lot of people are busy. Their work, uh, your work life is very busy. Your family life is very busy. If you have kids, if it, you know, they have after school activities. 
it's very hard to spend time with the dog and train them all the time. But if you can, please keep up with the training. Um, there's so many times where I'll get a new client and they're like, well, we did a PetSmart training or we went to so-and-so for training, but we never kept up with it. So now the dog doesn't listen to us. So we need to get retrained. So in my mind, okay, so what you're doing is just spending all sorts of money unnecessarily when you've already trained your dog. If you just stuck with it to begin with, you wouldn't be in this issue. But at the same time, I can understand where they're coming from and I can understand the reasoning that it does get, life does get busy, life does get hectic. And, um, you know, you get the dog when it's a right time for you, but then life happens, you end up having kids, your job changes, your hours change. And things kind of fall by the wayside. So I totally understand that. And it does happen. But when you can, if you can, just five minutes a day. That's all you really need. Spend five minutes, go over commands with the dog. Basic commands, nothing crazy. Uh, unless you're trying to train it to do tricks or something. You know, it's really all you need. Just to reinforce the sit, uh, reinforce the sit down, wait, command, stay. Uh, just to reinforce those, you know, it's good for the dog. It tires them out. It's great for their men mental health as well. They just, they love being mentally drained, mentally stimulated. When you do a five minute training session with them, it will drain them out. It will tire them. You'll see that they'll go and lay down somewhere and sleep for a little bit. Uh, especially with puppies. I mean, you do five, 10 minutes with them. Like after f an hour with me, like they're completely toast, but they're very young at that time. And yeah, of course, they're not going to necessarily be able to keep up the whole time. Um, but it, mental stimulation like that is fantastic for them and they do appreciate it and they do love it. You know, so it's like as much as they need the physical, they do need the mental, just like people need to be mentally stimulated as well. Um, so for now, I believe that is it. If there's anything else, I will add it later on. Hopefully not. Um, again, you can be watching this on YouTube right now and you can be listening to this on the Apple podcast, Google podcast, Deezer, Spotify, uh, public radio, radio public, um, and on, uh, and on anchor as well. I just want to thank everybody again, and I hope everybody had a great holiday when you hear this, cause this will be after the holidays that this will be posted. Um, if you have any questions, you can get at me at wagon woofies on Instagram info wagonwoofies.com is my email address. www.wagonwoofies.com is my website. Um, all right. Have a great one. Leave me a five-star if you like what I'm saying on Apple Podcast. And check me out on YouTube. Leave me some comments. Leave me some questions. If you leave any questions or comments, I'll do my very best to answer them. And have a great one, everybody.